Hey guys, Jeff here from besttechie.com, and this is Techie Bytes episode 45. Today I'm speaking with John Biggs, entrepreneur and former TechCrunch East Coast editor. He's currently working on projects including Hypop, Tech4 Reporters, and Typewriter Plus. We discuss TechCrunch in the early days, tips for pitching reporters, and ideas to save the media industry. Enjoy. This podcast is supported by Wix.com. With Wix, you can create your own professional website. Choose a template you love or start from scratch, drag and drop to customize anything, and use advanced design features like video backgrounds and image galleries. You can even add professional business solutions like an online store, booking system, or blog. I've personally tested and reviewed Wix on Best Techie and can say without a doubt that Wix is extremely easy to use and a great choice for both novice and advanced users. So go ahead, try it yourself. Go to Wix.com and create your own website today. That's Wix, W-I-X.com. I'm here with John Biggs, a writer and entrepreneur, which is actually really interesting because, well, that's also seems to be what I am on yeah. most days of the week. <laughs> um, John, welcome. I'm a huge fan of, uh, of your work, and obviously we've we've actually got to know each other know each other quite a bit over the years through uh, meetups and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, it's, I'm really excited to have you on this episode of the podcast. So thanks for being here. Sure. So for those of you who are, uh, you know, who are, for those of the listeners who aren't quite acquainted, as well acquainted with you as as I am, uh, give us a little bit. Of, this is a question I like to start with. Give us a little bit of who you are and what you're doing currently. Uh, I mean, I've been I've been a writer since about, I guess, for full time writer since about 2000. I used to run um, I used to run Gizmodo. Uh, then I started Crunch Gear for TechCrunch. I ran Crunch Gear for a couple years, and then I was basically East Coast editor of TechCrunch proper, uh, where I was uh, where I thought about uh, startup outreach. I thought about how to get people's attention and how to how, to, how startups how it's hard for startups to get attention, etc. Um, and just worked really hard to make sure that a little guy got a chance to be uh, to be heard. Nice. I, I, I totally hear you. And I feel like uh, having run a startup, you were always there, um, A, hosting the meetups and things for uh, in New York City uh, for and actually around the, around the country and even the world. Mm-hmm. You did a lot of them, uh, you know, to, to meet with entrepreneurs and be accessible and, you know, help them get their stories out out there for people to, to hear and see and read, which yeah. I always thought was really great. Um and 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 right now you're working on a, a couple of different projects, right? You have, um, uh, which we'll get to in a little bit, but you're working on Hype Hop, I think, is one of them. Uh, you also have Typewriter and uh, and I believe uh, Tech for Reporters, correct? Yeah, I got Tech for Reporters. I, we got Hype Hop. Um, Hype Hop is basically just like a it's like a video cert, a site that pays you to view videos uh, because I got tired of pe- people uh, wasting their time. Uh, with sponsored content, so I figured, okay, so if you're gonna make me look at your, uh, make me look at your junk, then I want to, I want to be paid for it. <laughs> makes sense. I think that makes sense. I, I want to talk about that in a little bit. Get more and more details about that because I have some ideas I wanted to share with you as well, and kind of get maybe we could do like a brainstorm session during the podcast. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Um, so, so you started, you got, you, you got into this uh, working at Gizmodo, and then obviously you did the, uh, you worked with Michael Arrington and uh, TechCrunch, and you launched Crunch Gear. Uh, well, I'm just curious. At the time, what was what was the kind of reason that Crunch Gear was a separate property 
from TechCrunch. You know, what was the thinking behind that at that time? Uh, I think it was. I think it was. They were concerned that it wasn't. It was gonna, wasn't going to overlap properly with uh, with the uh, TechCrunch mission. TechCrunch gotcha. was all about startups, and we were about gadgets. And gadgets were really hard. Gadgets were really hard space to jump into. Luckily, I was thanks to my uh, time at uh, time at Gizmodo, I kind of understood the space pretty well. So we were able to build a, a website, like a gadget site, really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 early on, so what, what? So you were what were the early days like over at, at TechCrunch and CrunchGear? I mean, because it was an exciting time, right? It was this was like, two, let's say two thousand nine, two thousand eight. Yeah, this so is even earlier. I think this oh, was like okay. two thousand six. So we were in a. So that, remember that was the. Uh, that was right around just before the crash, so there was a lot of a uh, lot of money floating around, but it wasn't it wasn't smart money. Nobody could really tell what was going on. Uh, mobile mobile phones and all that other good stuff that wasn't really taking off just yet. Um, we weren't quite in the we right, weren't. There quite was in the no world. iPhone yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So crazy. we were just it was just before a lot of uh, really cool stuff was happening. So, but we were, we kind of we kind of ended up in a um, in a position to be able to to categorize that and catalog that. Uh, for a while really what um what what were some of the things you like you remember um working with mike and and and, and startups and, and and listening to pitches about these products in the early like how and you're like how did they how did how, did, how have pitches evolved i guess is the question from uh, i mean i think they've globalized so so if i don't know if you remember all the uh all the start of all the even the hardware pitches, you'd have like a press release, and the press release would only go out to like the the good guys, like the the uh, um, the New York Times and Wall Street Journal. David Pogue and Walt Mossberg basically just ran the ran the show, mm-hmm. and we eventually got access to that, which was a big deal because we basically changed the way um, marketers thought about startup or thought thought about us as a startup. We were technically a startup as well, um, and then and then everything changed overnight so all the all the online all the all the text newspapers and all the other crazy stuff uh that all closed down and we were the ones left standing right and now, and then obviously you still have TechCrunch is still around today and doing uh very well um obviously not led by the same people but it's been although although michael uh and um i guess they've brought back actually a, a number of people as well it seems yeah, like. just a few. Yeah, but it wasn't yeah. it wasn't that many. Yeah. So 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 when you were when you were covering these uh, gadgets and stuff and, 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 and what, what was the what was the ultimate mission, I guess? H- how did you view your coverage of these of gadgets and, 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 and startups when you were writing uh, both for Crunch Gear and then TechCrunch proper? Like, how, how did you view your your what was your mission to, uh, I guess, and on a high level and then you personally? Mm-hmm. Um what were you trying to get across? To, to the I mean, league? my my mission consistently was to was to um, afflict the comfortable and comfort the afflicted. So I wanted to make sure that I was really early with hardware startups because I knew that it was really hard to make a hardware startup. the The big guys were making had millions of dollars uh, to make a new phone every three months, and everybody was so deeply fascinated by these garbage phones, <laughs> and uh, and. But nobody was paying attention to somebody who's like I don't know making a cool little product somewhere in the middle of nowhere, and uh, the hardware startup world really changed that pretty quickly. Um, you actually had you had you had companies like uh, Pebble and a few other ones who were doing some really interesting stuff. So what so what do you think about companies uh, and and platforms like Kickstarter and Indiegogo? 
because obviously those those are two platforms that have enabled small companies, hardware companies to to uh, to build real actual products that they can ship to con- consumers. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem and you have your success stories from them, like Pebble, for example. Uh, problem is that I found is that for like, for example, I backed I've backed. I'm very particular about which ones I backed. I've only backed a handful, I guess, at this point. One of the, you know, sometimes they take a much longer than the, than stated, and that's just because they're not familiar with all the intricacies that go into manufacturing and, and creating an mm-hmm. actual hardware product. Well, so I mean, it, I think, yeah. Well, like, go look, so, so, like, go ahead and scroll through, go ahead and scroll through Facebook right now, uh, and I don't want you to, but just, uh, just think about <laughs> it. Um, you're going through, and you see an endless freaking list of stuff that. Um, that is just all, it's like, it's all basically hardware, hardware startup stuff. It's all like just weird junk that somebody has made and it's really, it's really artisanal. It's really cool. And, and most of that, most of the, most of the Kickstarters have essentially turned themselves into actual businesses, actual, uh, actual shipping businesses. So if it's, if you ever got burned by a Kickstarter, then that means you basically just pick the wrong one, and that, I mean that's fine as well. But like right. most of these most of these things online are just like I don't know, here's some kind of crazy ring, or here's some weird shoes, or here's some kind of product that you that you didn't know you needed until you see it, and that's and that's actually fine, and that's that's the way it should be actually. Right, I, I hear you. I, I think I think um, you know one of the things that 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 technology has allowed us to do, I think, uh, especially with these with these small hardware startups, is they can make something look really polished that's not and it's a sometimes it's slightly deceiving i'm not saying mm-hmm. that there are there aren't really good uh companies out there that are trying really hard to build something great because there are and i have received products from from a majority of the things that i've backed um mm-hmm. and they all work <laughs> which is which is positive um but uh but sometimes there are things like oh there was this i think and i think i backed this stupidly uh, you may remember it. There was like this laser um, thing that was like a laser like shaver. I don't and it got hmm. past uh, it was it got past the, any screening and whatnot. Apparently it was just a big hoax, um, but it looked super <laughs> polished in the like the in the video that they published. So I, sometimes I just worry like um, that that could happen. But I, I guess you're not I guess. You're, when you're making these bets, right? I mean, they're, they are literally they're pledges. They call them pledges, but they're yeah, yeah. they're bets, right? I mean, well, it's like, to, an, it's take, like an investor. Uh, you have to take a um, you have to take a take a flyer on some of this stuff. Yeah, that's what that's what uh, that's what the future is all about. It's basically saying that okay, yeah, something some stuff's going to work, some stuff's not going to work. Right. So tell so I want to talk a little bit about um, how 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 in terms of tips for pitching. Because mm-hmm. I know I know you're very vocal about this, and I, I'd love for uh, for you to share some of your thoughts on this. So, like, if 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 someone in our audience wants to pitch TechCrunch their their new um, startup uh, company or pitch uh, The Verge or anyone uh, VentureBeat, you know, you name it, what what should they be doing in order to 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 pitch a reporter? Um, should it be any reporter? <laughs> Should it, you know, you know, 
does it matter? Uh, I mean, you look you for say? the you look for the reporters who are uh, who look you seem that they're bored, right? You basically <laughs> say like who's who who isn't writing that much or who isn't writing who who might be interested in your specific product. You never go for the guys who are always writing constantly. Uh, that's actually a huge mistake because because those guys are those guys already have stuff to write about. I think um, I think the the concern is is you're you're sort of um, People think they got to talk to the editor. You never talk to the editor. The editor doesn't have any time for you. You talk to the you talk to the kid who's uh, who's doing some uh, who's doing some good work, but may or may not get that many uh, pitches. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Now that you mentioned it, that makes a lot of sense. I never really thought about it like that. One of the things that I always what I, that I always kind of went by um, was trying to, to to go by to find people who are definitely covering the space that you're in and not pitching. Like someone who covers hardware when I have a SaaS product, for example, is that is that is that is I mean, is that something that you should follow, or or is that advice that that doesn't really matter? I don't think it really matters. I mean, a lot of people like a lot of stuff. Maybe it'll maybe it'll hit with somebody. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 getting press is really hard, and paying getting the press to pay attention is really hard, and it's in fact it's almost impossible. So why kill yourself and why why go nuts and why try to why try to game it when it's basically just reaching out to people who you think might be interested Mm -hmm. do you think that you know do you think that like attempting to build relationships before reaching out well i mean before pitching i guess you have to reach out to build a relationship but yeah usually i mean you just gotta you just gotta drop people a line and say hey can you check can you check this out that kind of thing Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's and it's it happens it works but it's not a it's definitely not it's definitely not easy what are uh so is it do you find it best or how do you prefer to be pitched? Do you like to get emails? Do you like to people reach out to you maybe a link on Twitter or in person or what what works for you? Uh, I prefer just a email, I guess. I mean, I really don't. I don't. I don't like any pitches at all. So if there's <laughs> if there's if Fair you're enough. sending an email, then I'll just take a look at it. Uh huh. In terms in terms of subject in terms of uh, subject line, any any secret magic you think that uh. That's worth sharing. No, nothing. That's nothing. That's obviously a pitch. If it's uh-huh. like a, if it's like quite obviously just like you trying to pitch me something, like then it's then I don't read it. But if it's like, uh, hey, can you check this out? Um, then I kind of feel that maybe it might not be fifty thousand people uh, getting the same email as me, and I right. feel a little bit better. So definitely personalize it. Is is, yeah, is yeah. key. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I, I also I, I read this article that you wrote uh, the other I guess it was recently it was like the other day it was titled everything is broken. Mm-hmm. I, I, in your own words, explain to it, it, not obviously as long as the article, but explain to us what exactly is broken. Um, I mean, I think it's the pact between the between the reader and the audience. The uh, I mean the, the the writer and the audience. The pact historically was that I was going to get a product that has been edited, vetted read, uh, reread, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and because of the way things changed in media, that pact is, that pact is over and it's really hard to, for anybody to get rewarded in this whole, in this whole list. Somebody, people get paid definitely to write, but they don't get paid a lot and the audience is treated like idiots and maybe they deserve it, right? Maybe they, (laughs) maybe this, the, the mass audience deserves what they get. I don't think so. I don't think that's. I don't think that's true. Um, but um, I would love to see. I would love to see these things change. I'd love to see these things be get fixed because 
something like a uh, something like micropayments for a independent blogger is wildly important. But all the people who are trying to build these micropayment systems don't understand media. So you're basically in a situation where people are talking about um, people are talking about stuff they don't understand, and they're trying to do micropayments in a in a space that that is historically resistant to technology technological change because every single time something changed in journalistic technology uh, a lot of people got got knocked out of a job mhm yeah i mean that, that's definitely happened and and i one of the one of the things you highlight in the article was uh was brave which is a web browser created mm -hmm. by um former mozilla uh, uh co-founder i believe Mm -hmm. and, and and you and, and you say I think I think you said like it's interesting what they're doing and it's in, it's on the right track but you worry that because he's not from the media space that ultimately it won't work in the end or uh, or correct me if I'm wrong in terms of what I'm paraphrasing. well no I mean I would I would argue that brave is entirely an entirely silly thing like the way they the way he he did it is he basically said here's this product that's going to literally strip out every single ad and we're going to inject our own ads and if you want to if you want to play in my little world you have to join into this little weird uh weird ecosystem and you have to you have to buy in uh with your organization or else you won't get or else you won't get uh, you won't get paid really mm -hmm. and that see, that kind of forcing function doesn't never works and the only people who try to do brave based uh the only people who try to do brave based news organizations failed. Uh, right. And the other thing is, yeah, I feel like the other thing with that is, is, is that, um, when you're, when you like, unless brave catches on really and becomes super popular, like mm -hmm. as popular as Mozilla or, or Chrome, which they still have an extremely long way to go, you know, who are they to dictate, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, the terms of that, of that deal. Yeah. So, so I, I hear you. And I think that, I think that's a good point. So in terms of, in terms of micropayments, cause I, I know you, that's one of the things you, you uh, kind of honed in on there. How, 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 how would you fix it? Like how, how can, how can, how can the system be fixed? I mean, I guess the, it's, it's, a, it's almost impossible to fix first off. Right. So it's, uh, so for, for us to, for us to suggest easy answers is almost impossible. But, um, the way I see it is that we're in a uh, we're in a in a world where there are two types of media. There's the uh, there's the the gen the uh, enthusiast who should be paid for their work. Uh, there should be a way that I can tip tip somebody or I can pay somebody out of a out of a wallet. I should put I should upload twenty five bucks to my wallet, and five cents every time I click goes to that goes to that user. Mm -hmm. And the more popular my stuff is, the more the more cash I get. And yeah, absolutely, that's going to be like. I'm gonna post I don't know pictures of naked people or whatever and hope hope that I get a bunch of uh, Hope that I get a bunch of cash But right. yeah, that's my prerogative and if I want to write about yoga or if I want to write about cooking or if I want to write about uh, knitting or if I want to write about whatever Bicycles and people pay me for my clicks then I'm gonna be actually be encouraged to write more right. You're encouraged to and that that's that first thought best thought view of blogging where the blogging is considered a uh, an art form, and it, you can't you can't it's it's pure and it's un, unmolested by uh, by commercial interests, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, but this actually rewards those interests. And then on the uh, on the more uh, 
I guess if you get big enough, then you stop with that and you basically charge subscriptions or you figure out a way that you can reward everybody for what you post. Uh, if it's an ad, then I want to be rewarded as the user for looking at that ad, for paying attention to that ad. And I want to be, I want to understand that, yeah, they value my attention more than just an eyeball. The, the idea that we're, that the audience is aggregated out into the, out into, uh, oblivion is deeply insulting. I mean, you think about it, you were basically in a, in a situation with the, where the organization thinks this guy is a, is a cheap eyeball and I'm just going to mm -hmm. sell that eyeball for a thousand bucks or ten dollars $10 per thousand or whatever. And I don't really care. And I'm going to give you as much junk as I can to get more eyeballs. But, uh, but let's, let's figure out how to, how to recreate that, that, um, experience where every subscription matters, every person who's reading matters. And it's, and it's not just, uh, it's not just an aggregate eyeball. Obviously you can't have that. You can't live in that situation permanently. That's doesn't, that's impossible. But, uh, but there's, but there are some things you can do to fix, to fix the, uh, fix the injustices, fix all the messy stuff that that's been built up over the years with this. Mm -hmm. Do you think that if, if like Mozilla implemented a way to do micro payments in their browser, that that would be uh, obviously if they did it, you know, let's say let's just let's just let's just say they did it well. It can't be it can't be Mozilla. It has to be Safari. Okay. It has to be Chrome. And it has to be Edge. Uh, the independent guys can't do it because the, the, oh, oh, there's enough there's enough dorks out there who are going to download Mozilla or Firefox or whatever, and they're going to use that. Uh, mm -hmm. but the, but the rest of the world, the, the huge, huge number that they just, they just use the, they just use the browser that comes with the, with the computer and, right. or maybe they use Chrome. Right. So why are we, uh, so why are we trying to figure out, um, why are we trying to figure out how to, how to, how to make open source or whatever kind of, uh, uh browsers more interesting, uh, to people when what we should be doing is making the mainstream happen. It's mm -hmm. like, uh, it's like all the, uh, payment systems. So you take uh, you take you take a look at all the payment systems that were out there. They had Clinkle, they had all these weird things. You had QR codes and everything. And what works? It's Apple and Visa saying, "All right, guys, here's your here's your uh, here's your thing. Let's let's rock and roll with this." Mm -hmm. um, and it's not gonna yeah. It's a it's it's kind of a mess. Do, do you think? I mean, do you think Google would 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 entertain that idea? Um, uh, in terms of implementing something like that in Chrome. Uh, I guess my I guess does it align really with their incentives for their own business? Sure it does, as long as you, and especially if you can take some kind of a some kind of cut uh, cut out of that. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I, I think that's an interesting. I think that's an interesting idea. I I was actually talking a, like several years ago with a friend of mine from high school, and he wanted to do something with micropayments, and talk, and he talked a lot about this. Mm -hmm. And this was so. The, this has been something that's been on people's minds i feel like for many years it just nothing to date has really come together like you're saying um to, to fix this problem and I, that's probably like you're saying in the in, because none of the major players have really gotten on board with it yeah no i need you you need a you need a button that just exists in your uh on your browser that says here pay this pay this dude uh five cents and it should just work. And the mm -hmm. only way to do it, sanely, is to do uh, is to do it via um, is to do it via micropayments, uh, especially over uh, especially based on whatchamacallits, um, uh, cryptocurrencies. Mm -hmm. But again, you're in a you're in a position where the, the the world is the world is against you, I guess, in in some respect.
Mm-hmm. Seem like uh, you know, I'm listening and we're talking, and it seems like you're a little jaded on this subject. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've been well, I've been talking about it for so long that it's just, yeah, yeah, it's just uh, it's just exhausting, and uh-huh. I wish I wish people would think about it, and uh, I think I think we're we would lose a lot of the issues um, that are happening right now. We'd lose a lot of the fake news. We'd lose a lot of the uh, a lot of the clickbait simply because people have to start thinking about this stuff. They have to start paying for good information. Why, why, why do we expect good information to come for free? It's mm-hmm. completely ridiculous and it's completely awful. And, I, and I hear, I hear yeah. you. I think, I think that makes a lot of sense. So in your, in your mind, in, in the way you're envisioning this, would this, would this be a button or would it be like, have you spent X amount of time on the page or if you, all you know, I want combination is, of time and scroll or no, all I want is just to, if I click, if I click your story, I pay you five cents. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the, that's the end of it. There's no more, there's no more, no less. There's no reason to sit there and say, um, sit there and, and, and mess around with, with who gets what or, or if I, if I want to do a la carte or if I want to do subscription based, just, just set it up, have it work and just see what happens. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's, maybe it doesn't work. Maybe it's not the, maybe it's not the way to go, but nobody else has, has proposed anything aside from quite literally opening the, opening everything up saying this is the this is all free have fun uh and and get back to me when you feel like paying me and that's that kind of attitude is is just literally destroying the the journalism uh, industry yeah i'm yeah i mean look i mean we we just had massive layoffs as i'm sure you're mm-hmm. aware uh throughout the entire industry at buzzfeed at uh, mike literally was acquired for nothing by a bustle group um, you know, you had you had uh, people being laid off advice everywhere, um, all because essentially what it boils down to is this. Right. People aren't paying uh, mm-hmm. for for quality information. Yeah. I mean, there's there, there, sh- there should be no expectation of good quality information. Uh, I'll I, I, you swipe down, whatever you swipe through Facebook, you th- swipe through Twitter. And when I click over into a into a something that catches my interest that person who got that click gets needs to get paid not the mm-hmm. not the not facebook not twitter not the advertisers uh, yeah yeah I, I hear i think that makes a lot of sense and i i just i just i just i just worry not worry i just i just wonder i guess how that kind of implementation will ever happen without um without someone within the organization kind of really championing at it uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you gotta have to, you gotta have to be, you have to tell yourself that that this is the way, uh, this is the way things are gonna work in the future, and yeah. everybody has to say that, but not everybody's gonna say that, and obviously there's always gonna be a, uh, there's always gonna be some somebody who kind of like who, who sneaks through and just gives away just garbage uh, for free, is that is that the um, but do you want to be part of that that garbage that garbage dump? Do you want to be part of that mm-hmm. uh, that that garbage gyre? Right. Right. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Exactly. And um, so all of this, I I I, I mean I I, I I sit I'm sitting here I'm listening and I'm like and I, I've I've you know you hear all this news about the media layoffs and things like that and like and one of the things that that, that I'd love to get your kind of uh, input on is Jonah Peretti, the CEO of BuzzFeed. Uh, has been kind of tossing this idea where what we actually need is a conglomerate media company mm-hmm. of like the big uh, media 
uh, new media companies, you know, kind of getting together uh, to compete uh, with Google and Facebook mm-hmm. for, for ad dollars. Is that something you see working? I guess. I mean, what? Who's it going to be? It's going to be like BuzzFeed and like, I don't know, Cheddar. And then it's just going to, but then you're just going to end up the same kind of thing. You're going to end up with a Time Warner mm-hmm. uh, kind of situation. And it's all going to, it's all going to go downhill again. I think, I think there's plenty of space for independent operators. There's plenty of space for, for somebody like a Mike Arrington to start. But there's no impetus for anybody smart to sit there and say, Here's my here's my good post. This is this is what I think about the world. I'm going to share this with you, and let's keep going. Let's keep talking about um, let's keep talking about this uh, in detail, intelligently. And you're gonna you're gonna reward me for talking about this, for doing this reporting, for even doing like local reporting, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're gonna do this by by paying me a, a small amount for every click. Right, and I think I think you know the idea of a subscription to me for for. For certain, you know, the the thing that worries me, and I think that where this actually kind of solves it, your uh, the idea of these micropayments, is I don't want at some point I can only afford so many subscriptions, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like if every if every media company turns into a subscription based model, I'm yep. gonna have to pick and choose which one I go with because you know which one's the most valuable to me. I I have sure. to sit down and make some real decisions. Uh, whereas with micropayments, if I upload twenty five dollars. Let's say once a month, or whatever, and I and I know that uh, my money's going towards people that uh, or companies that I'm whose content I'm actually reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I, you know, I it's less it's less of a it's less of a, a hassle financially and also just I guess mentally too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, just just upload, just make it like Easy Pass, mm-hmm. and and then the and but then the hard the old. Um, the old internet nerds are going to say, no, it's got to be free. Everything's got to be free. But it doesn't have to be free. There's no, no, nobody promised you free anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that we're able to actually charge for stuff is like a, is a brand new thing. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. All right. I want to I want to switch. I want to switch gears a little bit because I know you have an interest in crypto. Uh, mm-hmm. how, how did how did that get started? How did you get interested in crypto? Uh, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of this whole thing, like the, mm-hmm. the, just the way the Internet was the uh, the connected people this is connecting our cash uh you really didn't have you you kind of you kind of accreted a bunch of payments platforms on top of the internet to make it kind of work but work okay um which where you got paypal and you got you got online banking and all this other crazy stuff but what i'm really interested in seeing is what happens when we control our own cash and we're able to do things like we're talking about where i'm able to do a uh be able to do a micropayment via via crypto, uh, and that's really really interesting for me. What uh, how, how do you see how do you see crypto kind of um, moving forward in, in in the space? Obviously, you know you had you had the huge cryptocurrency hype in the sense that you know Bitcoin was thousands and what was it like ten thousand twenty something crazy. It was mm-hmm. almost like ten thousand dollars or something. Yeah, twenty thousand, I think. Yeah, yeah, twenty. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember at this point. It was a couple of years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, but but um, but then a year later, it, it it's now it's at like what uh, five thousand or something like that. Uh, last I checked, and I, I guess so. It's a very volatile. The cryptocurrencies themselves are very volatile, and I and I. But crypto as a space is obviously much bigger than just the currency. Uh, what? How how do you kind of 
do you do you see people using Bitcoin or Ethereum? Um, in like, could it does it have the potential to replace the dollar uh, for many people? Um, yes, no, I guess. Um, I think the. I think the way to think about it is that we don't replace the dollar. We just have a different. We have a different and um, and open system for value uh, transmission. Mm-hmm. So why do I have to pay? Why do I have to pay the bank to swipe a credit card? Uh, the the bank basically built an entire network over the past say forty years uh, that they pay for. And they run this. They run these servers, but I seriously doubt that they've. I, I think at this point they're basically making a little bit of profit on, on each one of these swipes as opposed to as opposed to losing cash. Hmm. So why are we why are we rewarding these guys um, for building something that is essentially no longer usable? Um, that's an interesting thing. Like the the whole system is no longer a uh, is no longer viable. Um, it's really fast. But the whole the whole cost of it is going to is going to tear it down. And there are already organizations that are saying to themselves, "We don't want to pay this ten percent. We don't want to pay this four percent. We don't pay this even three percent to swipe a credit card at our at our uh, desks." And if we do something wrong, if we do any little thing wrong, then we get in huge trouble and we don't get to swipe credit cards anymore. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that was interesting is like there's a there's a company in. Um, there's a Kroger, which is basically a grocery store in, in the Midwest, and they said to the world that they don't want to that they don't want to use Visa anymore. And I mean, this is their their whole their whole thing is they're all just they're they're being uh, they're being sassy for sassy's sake, and you know they're gonna they're not, never gonna stop to uh, uh, they're never gonna stop selling selling using Visa. But that they have a really good point. They're in a they're in a they're in a really they're being controlled by banks who don't care about them, who don't care about what they're doing. So why not accept crypto? They're never going to do it. They're never going to understand it enough. But if you do the right kind of um, user experience on crypto, then you can basically fix those problems that that, we're, that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like with crypto, the the thing is like it, 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 as long as enough of these as long as long as enough stores or places accept it. Uh, it makes it obviously increases the value. I think it's, in terms I think of it's more it, right? about the, the 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 stores don't actually have to understand that that they're accepting it. They mm-hmm. don't actually have to understand what it is. They don't actually have to understand who who built it, who made it, where it's where it's coming from, etc. It should be uh, it should be completely and utterly invisible to them um, what as to what it is, and they're going to and they're going to be the stores are going to use something and it might be called i don't know ninja ninja pay or something like that and they don't know mm. what it they don't know what it means they don't know where it comes comes, comes from uh and it's just gonna just show up and i'm gonna work and that's right. the way things are gonna that's the way things are gonna move forward it's not gonna be because because um joe smith bought a bunch of bitcoin and started telling that bodegas should accept bitcoin it's <laughs> never gonna happen never ever so so what we need is a, a hardware device that can Essentially, you can tap your phone on and, and accept the Bitcoin or the yeah, Ethereum. essentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I so I, I, I'm not a hundred percent sold on the whole cryptocurrency. I, I'm sold on the idea of it. I'm just not sure it's ever going to make it to mainstream. Although I would like to see that. One of the things, though, with crypto that interest. Yeah, go ahead. 
Yeah, I don't think it has to. Get, I don't think it has to make it to the mainstream. I think it just has to make it uh, make it far enough to uh, to for people to pay attention to it. That's mm-hmm. all that really needs to uh, to to for IT guys to pay attention to it. The IT people who are building out these uh, building out these systems should say to themselves, okay, instead of instead of depending on Gumtree or whatever to to make something happen, I'm just going to buy a uh, I'm just going to I'm just going to use crypto. And I'm going to inject it into my system, and I'm not going to know. Nobody's going to know how it works. Nobody's going to know what it's what it's doing, and it's just going to be a payment system. And that's the best way to that's the best way to uh, create adoption. Yeah, yeah, adoption through seamless kind of interaction mm-hmm. and use. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, that's one. If, if we can get to the point where it's just like paying with something now, that's mm-hmm. that's the ideal uh, kind of scenario, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to I want to talk I want to talk a little bit about now uh, some of the projects um, that you've been working on, uh, including Hypop, and then uh, we'll get to the lightning round. Mm-hmm. And uh, so with Hypop, like you were saying, you, you want you want to be able to have an embeddable player that you people get paid for watching, you know, uh, videos. So what kind of videos are, are you thinking about or working doing well i mean the, the the way it works right now is where our, our vision was to be able to have ico guys the guys who are selling icos uh to um post their videos post their explainer videos and actually reward people for watching those videos and actually paying attention and the way it works is it actually watches your face the browser watches your face we don't watch your face and the browser basically reports back that says this guy has his eyes closed or he's looking somewhere else or he's not paying attention or the or the window is closed that kind of thing and if you and if that happens enough then we basically just shut down the we shut down the payment mm-hmm. but if you're if you're paying attention then you get you get the cash right so uh and it's every single post that we put up has been cleared out almost immediately people love it so in terms of in terms of where where are the where are these where are these videos being embedded uh, uh there there there's not not many people are embedding them yet they we we haven't we haven't talked about the embedding properly um, uh-huh. but right now there's, uh, right now there's lots of videos on hype hop that are just giving out 50 cents really. Uh-huh. One of the things I was thinking, uh, that I wanted to bring up to you to kind of get your thoughts on this. What I've been, what have you partnered with publishers, especially those in the crypto space uh-huh. and kind of almost as like ads, right? But people actually got rewarded for watching the ads. We're, I'm thinking about that. I, I'm trying to, uh, we're trying to do some, some work with, um, some folks in Iceland, for example, uh, they have they have they have the uh, the biggest newspaper in Iceland. So we figure let's let's give out coupons, let's give out some kind of crypto or something like that in Iceland and see what happens. And uh, that's going to be a good that'll be a good start. And it'll be a general general user user um, and group of users. So we're pretty excited about that actually. Yeah, that act that sounds like exactly what I'm talking. And I really mm-hmm. think like that kind of partnership. Um, I, I, and I know I know you may not be a huge fan of like the companies like Outbrain and Taboola, but a similar type of thing with with actual um, quality video content that you could be rewarded for watching on a publisher site seems like could be a good avenue definitely to go down. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds like it sounds like an interesting thing. Yep. Awesome. Well, John, I really appreciate you spending some time with us today. Um, and, and, and I want to do the lightning round real quick. So, of course, the lightning round supported by Wix, where you can create a professional website today at Wix.com. That's W-I-X.com. So, John, all right, I'm going to ask you some questions. Whenever you're ready, you let me know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go for it. All right, book or ebook? Ebook. 
Okay. Current number of unanswered emails in your inbox. Oh, uh, well, I just deleted a bunch of them, so I guess two. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah, Working yeah. your way to inbox zero. Yeah. What would you do if you were invisible for a day? Uh, I don't know what I would do. I just, uh, I would just go and see. I don't know. I feel like I would just probably steal stuff because I mean it makes the most sense. I'm only gonna have it for a day. And I'm yeah, exactly. All right. What's your cure for hiccups? Uh, you hold your breath and just uh, you swallow. Okay. Last one. If someone narrated your life, who would you want to be the narrator? Hmm. Um. I could. I would do like the uh, the Wonder Years, uh, the Wonder Years guy, the, vo- the that Wonder Years voice. What was his name? Um. He was sure. one of the yeah. He was one of the <laughs> he was one of the guys in uh, in Home Alone, one of the crooks. Uh, Joe Pesci. No, not Joe Pesci. Uh, the other guy. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Uh, he played Marv, though. I guess. Uh, not sure. Yeah. Not David Stern. Who was it? Who did the Daniel Stern? May, yeah, Daniel Stern. Yeah, Daniel Stern. That's yeah. That, I think that's who played Marv, the guy who got the uh, yeah, 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 the spider so he, put so on. So he, him. so he did. He provided the voice in the era on the TV series, The Wonder Years. Okay. Uh, he's such a calming. It's such a calming voice. Well, you made it through the lightning round. I appreciate appreciate again you being on this episode. It's been a lot of fun. If anyone wants to get in touch with you, John, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, they just tweet me uh, at John Biggs. There you go, John Biggs, yeah. everyone. Right. <laughs> thanks, John. All right, thanks, Ben. Thanks for listening to Techie Bites. Stay tuned for more episodes every Tuesday with awesome interviews and conversations about technology and business. If you like what we're doing, please consider supporting the podcast at anchor.fm slash besttechie and or by leaving a rating and review on iTunes. Both ways help us greatly and are much appreciated. So thank you. Until next time, we'll see you. And remember, remember, take care of your computers.